Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, Jake gets perfect 10, Chuck squeaks out a win, the hype is real for Scarlet and Violet, and we have a second Jake on the pod today. Chuck, how are we doing today, my friend? How are we doing? I am doing good. Doing good. Um, it's been a busy weekend, but... Uh, Having fun, having yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, busy Pokemon weekend, actually. So yeah, same here. Uh, but we'll start with you. How? I mean, you just said busy Pokemon. Uh, how was the Pokemon? Uh, uh, I heard you squeaked out a win. Uh, I did not a, a not a win. Uh, I did manage to get fifth place in our. My store had an anniversary their first year anniversary case tournament. Uh, slid into fifth, which netted me twenty packs. So. Well, that's um, good. Uh, that was good. Oh, I guess I, I was referring to something else, but yeah, you were referring to something else. So that was the big tournament on Friday. Um, played a tournament squeezing there just because I thought it would fit in my meta. It did uh, pretty well um, during the day. Uh, just I got some odd matchups that you don't usually see. So uh, just kind of had to play old school tournaments because Weezing wasn't really doing anything for me in those matchups. So uh, that was fun. Uh, but yeah, got fifth place, got 20 packs. That was fun. Um, that was Friday. Uh, Saturday, uh, I opened up a TCG player store to sell a bunch of cards that I have laying around. I've uh, been busy with that. So, And then Sunday uh, was our team challenge round one which we eked out a victory 5-4. It was uh, back-and-forth matchups. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I went 2-1 on the day. Uh, I lost a match I should have won, but luckily our uh, someone on my other teammate, Mike, won a match he should have lost. So there we go. That's what it's about. Yeah. So, yeah, nice. Uh, you're you're uh, surviving in the team challenge. Uh, yes. To keep your uh, to keep pace with you, I guess uh, our team <laughs> had to you know take a win, so I didn't get punished, um, and we didn't have as hard of a time. Um, to be honest, though, uh, our opponents they didn't two of them didn't uh, submit decks, uh, so two of them showed up trying to basically have to sweep us. Uh, so uh, we were we we did finish in the in the first round though. Uh, I won my first matchup two uh, zero, and so did my opponent or my teammate Mike. Uh, you know, Adam didn't have to play because uh, there was a buy, and then it was just a kind of uh, easy five five zero dub for us. So uh, we had a little bit of an easier time. I anticipate the next opponent won't be uh, so easy, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was that was fun. So we'll continue that on in a couple weeks when uh, when when play resumes the team challenge. Uh, until then, you're just going to be playing at locals and preparing for our regionals, which the next one for me is Knoxville. Um, which I've already locked up and I've already got my travel plans and place to stay. So thankfully I have family there, make it cheaper. Um, nice. But before we get to our guests, I had one more thing. Uh, I did allude to it in the opening. I got perfect tens. Um, a while back, I sent three cards off to get graded. Um, I had the the alternative, uh, the Alt Moltres, Umbreon V and Zapdos V uh, Alt, all, all of them Alt cards. Uh, and I didn't anticipate any of them getting tens, and they all three got tens. Uh, I was flabbergasted. I, I posted it on my uh, on my Twitter, um, 
And there was a lot of uh, love there, which I was definitely not um, just I was still just in, in shock because, like I said, I thought that at best I would get like maybe a nine on one of them. I think the the grader maybe at, at PSA was feeling generous that day, uh, but I'll take <laughs> it. Uh, so I just need one more PSA 10 to fit on my little side shelf uh, to make it an even six. Uh, so I'll be pretty happy about that. But nice. that being said, nice. we are not alone today. I'm not the only Jake on the cast today. Um, today we are joined for the second time uh, by the, the deck builder genius of Twitter uh, himself, Jake Earhart. How are we doing Hello. today, my friend? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks Hello. for having me. Oh, for sure. Uh, it's been a long time due. Like I said, like this is your second time, but like we were talking before uh, the, the pod started, I think it's been about a year, year and a half since you've been on. Um, so you know, obviously there's a lot in Pokemon in life that has changed. So, you know, what, what's been going on with you since, uh, since the last time you were on? Yeah. So I think like we, last time we talked, there hadn't been any IRL events yet. So it was all just online stuff. Yes. Um, so since then I've gone to quite a few tournaments and done pretty well at a lot of them, which I'm very happy about. Yes. And I definitely have some questions leading, uh, into some of those tournaments, um, you know, uh, in the, the recent past, uh, cause definitely you, you, <laughs> uh, you're, you're a great deck builder and you called the meta. So I definitely want to get into that before that, um, Chuck, we do have um, new standard questions since the last time Jake was on. I believe two new ones. Um, I can start us off um, if you'd like. Uh, but yeah. uh, so, so let's just get into it. So, Jake, uh, thus far to this point, what is your favorite um, Pokemon TCG memory uh, to date? It doesn't have to be uh, IRL play. It could be online since, you know, there was a whole basically two years of uh, online stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it's probably got to be uh, winning a regional in seniors in 2016. I mean, there's just nothing like winning a tournament, like, right. and especially one that's like very big. You just like, you're always, whenever you go into a tournament, you never like, you don't, ex you shouldn't expect to win. It's kind of out of your control. There's a mm -hmm. lot of factors that like, yeah, you don't have much say in matchups and how you draw. As long as you play well enough, you'll, you'll end up doing well but like if you don't make any misplays you're gonna most likely make day two and, and do well at the tournament if your medical is good but um it to make uh top eight and then to win the entire tournament um you're just like done with everything like the tournament's over you don't have any more rounds to think about right it's it's like the one the one person in the tournament who gets to just go home without any any regrets or ha anything Hunter. like they don't have to think back on on misplays or whatever yeah you're just done <laughs> now when you won that that was before the the twitter um you know when twitter really became the the pokemon hub for all things tcg uh, am i correct in saying that yeah this was 2016 so okay. even like before the modern era like okay, the, before okay. the prize money era basically no, I can't wait to see you win your next one and, and see your, your tweets on those, <laughs> especially <laughs> especially with some of the stuff you've come up with. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's awesome. Oh, well, I, I just had a question because when you are when you get top eight, I should have asked this like to a bunch of different people that we've had on that had top eight, but I'm going to start with you. When you, like, you go into your, like, top eight match and then you win it, like, what's the kind of, like, what's the feeling, like, 
for you in that? Is it like, okay, time for another one? Or like, is it like celebrate? I just won this match because it's top eight. Like, I don't like how long do you celebrate? And then how long is it till, okay, business mode again? Cause I got to play another round. I mean, like back, back when I was playing in, in seniors and in 2016, mm-hmm. it was like, uh, pretty different than I, I think it would be now if I because I, I finished I lost my top eight match at Toronto mm-hmm. uh, bad matchup but yeah but anyway so uh, I think the the feeling now would be pretty different back then it's probably like well, I don't really like top eight and top four there wasn't much difference before it was you're just playing another round mm-hmm. um, but yeah. nowadays like if you win your top four match you get like a thousand more dollars so um, I think it's probably, probably different the first time, but you, you try and keep yourself focused on the matchups yeah. and just continue I, playing. I would imagine it's just like, it's now if you're in the top eight, it's almost just like going into like a, a really skilled locals or like, okay, now the tournament really begins almost kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it did kind of feel like that going into top eight, like they section you off in another area. You've got like. Uh, we had like one table, one long table, and mm-hmm. all for the all three of the matches playing there, plus the one on stream. And then the judges are all huddled around, and people are watching. So right. it's yeah, it's it's a different feeling for sure. It's like yeah, the the new tournament starts once you get into top eight. Hmm. Okay, for sure. That's oh, cool. that was a good that was a good question, Chuck. Yeah, I was just uh, I was curious about that because I should start asking that a little bit more just to, on how people feel. Because, I mean, I haven't had the experience, but when you get there, it's just like, do you let yourself, because like, you just won another $1,000. Like, you got to celebrate that, but you have the business at hand of more money, winning more money. another <laughs> thousand. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so. I think it, it depends a lot on your mindset, like going into top eight. Like if you're someone who, um, like Isaiah Bradner is a good example. Like he's at the point where he's done so well that he's disappointed when he gets top 16. So um, like if you're, if your mindset is sort of that, then going into top eight is like uh, it's kind of what you, what you expect of yourself. I I don't necessarily agree with thinking about it that way. I, I, I see it more as just like um, as long as you, as long as you didn't misplay and it like cost you rounds, right? You should be happy with and and your medical was good. You should be happy with your result, no matter what you got. It's like if you played correctly and you played a good deck and you didn't make top eight, you shouldn't feel disappointed. It just wasn't your day because Pokemon's a game of probabilities. You have to play constantly. You have to do well constantly, and then eventually, if you're if you're playing well and you're playing the right deck, you'll get into uh, a a good like space like you'll do well at a tournament so making top eight like for me i was i was already happy like overly happy that i made top eight because i i don't expect to get top eight like at the at toronto i would i was like probably um pressuring myself a bit to get like to finish in like top 32 or or better because i knew my deck was great and i knew the field was perfect for it um but yeah so once i did better than that it was like yeah, there's this. I I can't be upset about losing or or winning more. Yeah. it's all just the same. You just got to focus right. on the on the tournament. See how so, far you can. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. And uh, before we get into the next one, I'm going to do this little side tangent. I was going to ask you this a little bit later, but you kind of already we're side tangenting on the side tangent. Nice. Yes, we're side tangenting on the side <laughs> tangent. Uh, so you brought up Toronto. Uh, you brought up your deck. You played Palkia with the with the Articuno that uh, has paralysis with the emergency jellies. Um, you know, previous to that, we've we didn't really see um, like Lugia hate to that extent. Um, and we all like you know Chuck and I have talked about it um, even before that list came out, and even before you like mentioned it is is Lugia's weakness is paralysis because it, it relied to, especially then it relied on just straight uh, retreating with the energy since there was so much acceleration. Um, so what goes into like that kind of preparation and like maybe taking I, I, maybe this is extreme in saying this, but taking the courage to make that so out of um, out of met out of the meta kind of a call, um, but knowing it's the right call um, into a specific meta like that in that time frame. Yeah, I mean, part of it is just uh, like playing for a long time helps a lot um, because you experience all like if you've if you played every format, then you know you know what is good even if nobody's playing it. Like mm -hmm. what what odd strategies are good? Like retreat, like can so. From looking from the mindset of like a, a control type of strategy, like if you're a if you're trying to build a control deck, there's like a checklist of things that you you go you go down, um, and you've seen those things in the past in in lots of decks like control decks, lock decks, um, and paralysis is just one of the many things on the checklist of things to check to see mm -hmm. if if meta decks are weak to it. Like in 2013, um, not many people were playing switching cards. Um, but even if they were, that you've got the Gothitelle Excelgor deck, which uh, Excelgor paralyzes poisons, and then you put up Gothitelle, and it shuts off their items. It's got an ability that when it's active, it shuts off items. Um, so your opponent couldn't play switches, and it was good into the meta because nobody played uh, any answers to the Gothitelle. Like once you set up the 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 lock, you just basically win the game. Right. Um, and so knowing that that deck was like extremely good, it's one of the like one of the only paralysis decks that has ever existed but knowing that that deck was extremely good because nobody played an answer to paralysis once the gothitelle was up now looking here um knowing that the meta is going to be way more centralized around lugia uh and realizing you don't need item lock to stop those switches because they aren't playing them in the first place right um so you just you see that that strategy worked in the past it works it'll work again if the conditions are the same um, so yeah, I was, I was never, I was never in doubt that paralysis was one of the best answers to Lugia. Just looking at some of the early Lugia lists from Japan, even right. the seeing their switch counts trend downwards over the first couple of weeks. That's like something that you, when you're in the mindset, um, of building these like counter decks, it's one of the things that you look for. Right. I mean, I guess it's more just on the timing because, uh, like our timing just, really changes quite frequently in this game so like uh you had your your deck with the the articuno paralysis and then like the very next week people were playing bird keepers uh eldegoss to try to like get around that so it's like i guess it's just a uh, win to pick and choose so like obviously you probably wouldn't have brought it to the next tournament after toronto just knowing that there's like that kind of thing um it, i guess following the meta do you think that that kind of a list can pop back up again because people stop thinking about it um and then like what comes guys goes into your like mindset of when to pull the trigger on a deck like that i mean i think uh part of it was 
uh, just a lot of top players were convinced that that Lugia was the best thing ever and it couldn't mm-hmm. be countered. Um, and so it was just like, like everyone was complaining that it was it was this uncounterable monster. <laughs> yeah, uh, it definitely everyone should not. play Lugia. It doesn't lose to anything. Um, and so yeah, and then Tord wins with his list. It doesn't play any switch outs. A lot of people are just going to copy what Tord played. Um, so it was just very likely that nobody brought paralysis answers. And if they did, um, you probably weren't going to hit them. Um, right. So there there were a couple bird keepers, but like one bird keeper is not enough to stop this paralysis deck. It's it's really not. It's enough to be like annoying. It can catch you off guard. Right. But yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the only the only thing like that's scary is really the, the two two switch outs, which I did hit one person and I managed to get a tie off of them. Um, and then the SB on VMAX, which is another thing um, that happened at that tournament, which which I, I predicted like a month early. I made a post <laughs> on Twitter in like code yeah. uh, that, yeah. that pointed the SB on VMAX and Lugia. So I'm happy I got, I got that one right. I, I beat my own counter counter. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, Espeon, it's like if you go first and you boss their Espeon V before it evolves, you're just playing Lugia with no switches. So it's the same thing. So basically you just, uh, you have to make a, so before, yeah, before going into every tournament, you have to make a meta call. You have to like set down, sit down and like write out what the percentages of everything you're going to, everything you think is going to be in the tournament for both day one and day two. And then you just figure out uh, what decks have the best matchups against the the decks that that are that you predict. And so right. I pre- predicted a lot of Lugia with no switch. A lot of top players were going to still be on Lugia because LAIC happened last weekend. Um, they weren't going to have time to switch off. So yeah, it was just it yeah. was just the perfect storm. Uh, yeah. Nowadays, I think that uh, people are realizing Lost Box is a lot better than uh, people were initially saying against Lugia. I tend to agree. I tend to agree. It's, um, it, it's, it feels like a 50-50 matchup, but definitely uh, maybe maybe slightly in the favor of Lost Box, especially if uh, it's a great player. Yeah, I think the, the big thing about Lost Box is that you just have a ton of control over your uh, matchup. Lugia is pretty high rolly. Um, whereas Lost Lost Box is still a high roll. You have to draw your Colrus early or you're going to lose. But there's a lot more, um, like, you can look at, like, Lugia's win percentage online um, and then Lost Box's win percentage online and then compare it to, like, um, the the people who play it. And you'll you'll see that the difference is, like, Lugia has a high win rate online and Lost Box has a really low win rate online. Um, But despite that, people, like, good players are playing uh lost box constantly mm-hmm. which means the deck has an extremely high skill ceiling and high skill floor um so the deck is just a lot better than than a lot of people think just by trying it out um yeah and so that for that reason i think palky is in definitely a weaker position especially heading into crown zenith where lost box gains a lot um right. from radiant eternatus zamazenta and sky ceiling stone Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's not not really good for Palky at the moment. <laughs> I tend to agree. <laughs> All right, uh, All right. so we Let's... we got to get back uh, back on track here, Chuck. Back yeah. on track. <laughs> All right, uh, back on track. Uh, so I am in, I actually am excited to ask you this question because I know Jake, you are uh, a composer. You create your own music. So one of the questions we added 
was uh, when you uh, come out, imagine that in a world of Pokemon uh, enhancing their stream and everything, you have a walkout music. So you're, they're announcing your name on stream, walking out to the table. What music is playing in the background for everyone to hear? Uh, I mean... It's got to be the Imperial March from Star Wars and Darth Vader's <laughs> <Yes>. theme. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, yeah. That's good. Not, nothing beats that. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows what it means. Uh, yeah, that's got to be it. Nice. I love that answer. Like Some people have had some pretty good answers, but uh, usually it takes them a second. Uh, we didn't even give you preparation on this, and you're just like Imperial March. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, nothing beats that effect. Everybody, everybody knows what it what it plays. Everybody cheers when it plays. Um, it's classical music, which is my favorite genre of music. It's, it's right. just per- perfect, perfect general use intro music. <laughs> I agree with that all the way. <laughs> I've always loved uh, music, you know, the the classical or anything, you know, that's just instrumentals without like a lot of like vocal is uh, vocals. Uh, so. Uh, no, I love that answer for sure, especially being a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Now, now, uh, when I go to watch Jake on stream, I'm just going to be picturing Lord Vader coming out now. <laughs> so, coming to uh, to slash you down, as they that's would right. say, maybe. All right, and that's, that's it right. for the questions. I love the love the answers. We got a lot of <laughs> extra stuff out of that one. Yeah. So, right. I mean, I mean, those were the kind of those tangents were where I was kind of going to go after the fact, but he brought them up. Uh, uh, so I figured that was the time to do it. Uh, but going on from there, um, I guess we'll let's let's talk a little bit about the Twitter and your your. Um, uh, there was a little bit of a memes going up into uh, up into Toronto. Um, I you know it started off with me at least seeing kind of um, that that picture with that one guy standing in the corner is like nobody knows I have like seven different counters for for lugia and everybody was memeing on you uh and then you obviously you went down to uh uh to toronto and proved everybody wrong because you're like no no i really do have these and then you you know you 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 get to that the winning in there on on uh the round of eight um and i know you're very opinionated you opinionated on twitter um yes and, and that's a great thing because there's not a lot of people um you know that throw that much um you know heat uh to their to their uh conversation there um and they and don't back down really and that kind of was at a forefront at new year's uh i don't even remember what you're talking about i think it was uh it, it was magnazone uh and then chuck decided to jump on you there um so uh, that, it was someone else <laughs> i think it was someone else posted something about rapid strike malamar being good and i was the one that elected to stand up and defend rapid strike Malamar. i mean That's you you just, were on the malamar train for sure it is it is one of my favorite decks of all time i just had to step up and defend it a little bit but yeah go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. i i just think uh i think that malamar has uh trouble when your opponent puts something with 330 hp active that only gives up two prize cards um so that's that's the gist of my opinion <laughs> yeah, i I agree. I, I don't, I mean, we went back and forth, but um, I don't disagree with you. Um, but I have, I've actually been playing a little bit more of Malamar, which is why I stuck trying to prove a point to defend it. <laughs> uh, because, no, uh, with Silver Tempest, like, I, I was just, I was trying to do a thing with, with when new sets come out, uh, that I look at older things that I like to play and see what 
even if they're not being played at the moment, if they got any new tools. Um, and I was thinking about rotation. And I was like, well, you know, Rapid Strike Malamore doesn't rotate. So the bulk of his deck will still be there. Like, what am I going to lose? And what can I replace it with? And, you know, the big thing was the draw engine. But then we got uh, Krillia and Gardevoir. So I was like, oh, well, I can throw these in. And I'm thinking of synergies because they're psychic. So you can use the fog crystals a little bit better. Um, so I was playing with it to see if I could, if it is better, worse. Um, I think it is better. I don't know if it's good enough, but uh, the access to some newer cards and some older cards um, in the Glade actually makes it a real consistent, a lot more consistent with than the Sinchino version was. Maybe not, I think, Inteleon, I mean, everyone was still on the Inteleon train, but when it was at the heyday, I guess. But right. I think it reaches that level of consistency but then you get, I think it has the ability to hit bigger numbers, but I don't know what a consistency uh, that we can say for sure. Like, I can. I mean, you're up to stretch three times really instead of two, though. So, I mean, I think Jake may have swayed me on this, even though I'm kind of a neutral party here, because, uh, you know, there's three big Magna zones that you're going to have to go through potentially. Uh, it'll it'll seems... probably be like Amphrosia is definitely going to be the better one, but. Right. Uh, yeah, you'll see that. But also the the fact that we realize there's no ordinary rod reprint or super rod reprint or anything like that, that you have to play um, the draw three supporter that shuffles the Pokemon in. Mm -hmm. uh, Malamar really needs better recovery because otherwise like the a Flaffy Box deck can just uh, sort of trade evenly with like a, a Regieleckis or Snorlaxes. Um, and then just put up the big beefy Amphro CX and and knock out a couple of Malamars and then and then you sort of yeah. run out of steam towards the end of the game. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, doing it back at back, like taking a, a big knockouts on this 330 HP would be a tough, tough challenge back to back. I guess uh, it is possible, but I don't want to. I'm, I can't say no to my Malamar deck, <laughs> right. but uh, it is not. Uh, there's a reason why I haven't taken it to a, a tournament role anytime soon. It's just uh, the biggest problem with it is consistency. Uh, so sometimes you just uh, get nothing and can't play the game a little uh, effectively. So Sableye really is also fun. a big problem right now. Yes, <laughs> yes, that too. Yeah, so. you're not wrong there. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, going on with the t the Twitter, though, um, yeah, there's a lot of really good players. Obviously, the top players are on Twitter, um, but I, I don't really ever see them make those tweets that are so very opinionated. Uh, and I think you're really the only one out of like all the big, big uh, players out there um, or what you would consider any of the top like 50 players on, on Twitter. Um, nobody's as opinionated as you. So what, what kind of drives that kind of uh, opinionation, I guess, on, on Twitter? Uh, I'm not. I'm not really sure. I, I just. I just enjoy. Uh, I. I enjoy arguing with people on Twitter. Right. Right. <laughs> as strange as that is. Um. So if I'm opinionated, other opinionated people, uh, come and and try to yeah like dissuade me from my opinion, and I try and change their mind. And right. well, uh, most of the time, it doesn't end up doing anything productive, but it's still fun. Hey, it's fun for people <laughs> like me 
um, that, you know, can, depending on the actual debate at hand, I'm very much on the fence and can be swayed either way. Um, and just seeing that, you know, the fun banter, it was never it never gets nasty, but just the fun banter between Chuck or between anybody else on online. Uh, I would just say keep doing it because it is definitely fun. And it's also thought provoking, too. Uh, so it's funny and, and fun in that way, but it's also thought provoking. So keep up the good work on that front. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> so one more thing on the Twitter, then we'll move on. But like, uh, so, you know, with, with some of these opinions and then going into tournaments, do you do you put any extra pressure on yourself um, just based off of, you know, how strong your opinions are online and how known they are compared to, you know, to a lot of people? Uh, I mean, I think normally I don't put any pressure on myself because uh, like, yeah, Pokemon's a game of probabilities. You can have the best deck going into the best like the the best deck you play it perfectly um and you still hit three auto losses that are one percent of the field and right th that'll happen um but yeah going into toronto i i definitely felt a little bit more more pressure <laughs> than normal when i was sitting down for my round one and i had actually um like the list that uh my group had come up with like i had not played very many games with it at all um like uh, especially against lugia like um, I was working on other ideas at the time. Um, sadly, most ideas get kind of destroyed by Lost Box, which is which right. isn't great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I definitely felt the pressure of not knowing my matchups as well as I um, as well as I could have. But I knew the deck was what the deck was capable of, um, and I'm very good at uh, like figuring out things in theory on the fly. Like I do a lot of like like most of my testing is is just thinking through matchups. Right. Um. Mm -hmm. I think it's like it's almost more in a way like to an extent it's more productive than actually playing games, because in a game, um, you're always going to have decisions that uh, like distract you from the decisions that come up every game, um, like the correct order to use your attackers, uh, the right prize maps in different situations. Um, so being able to like drill down to exactly what you need to figure out, um, and like the exact position you need to figure out and the, to make the right decision, it's all comes down to thinking of that beforehand. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, sitting down my round one against Lugia, um, and I have to, I'm just thinking through like, uh, how thinking through the matchup, basically the, the entire game. Um, to see if there's anything I can do um, in my future rounds to improve the matchup, um, mm -hmm. like based on like just realizing small things that I didn't notice before. Um, like one one thing that uh, was, yeah, I, I can't remember if someone mentioned it, but like one thing that's important against Lugia with Articuno is that you can bring up their Archeops um, and that gives you two turns of attacks where you can quick shooting on their bench because it's got 160 HP or 150. I don't remember, but it dies to two Articuno attacks and a quick shooting. Yeah. Um, so it, it just gives you more time. Um, and then a counter play that your opponent can do is uh, bench things that have less than uh, 80 HP so they can't get paralyzed. So as soon as you take a knockout with quick shooting, they put that up and sacrifice it. Mm -hmm. um, and that'll get them out of paralysis. Um, so noticing those types of things. Um, yeah uh like just making sure you know those types of things is is important and um like I, I was definitely feeling the pressure because i didn't know most of those things beforehand um so i had to do like most of my preparation like sort of the, the day of right um, right <laughs> but but yeah that's that's one thing that um i think uh like even a lot of top players are pretty bad at like uh there yeah there's not a lot of like a lot of people put a lot of testing time like physically playing 
um, and they don't get don't they don't strengthen their like theorying skills right right um, which are important like against uh some top players at at toronto for example um like if i was playing lugi against the paralysis things like the first things i'd be thinking of is how can i stop my opponent from paralyzing and most of them go to well just marnie and hope they miss the boss or whatever mm-hmm. but there's a lot more you can do like bench your things with 60 hp like most of these people were just researching them away turn after turn game after game um but if you take the time to to realize that that's an out because uh they can't like they have to boss every time you um promote something like so the the best strategy is to bench a 60 hp thing and then marnie so that they have to hit a boss every time they attack um right. or every time they take a knockout so the, those types of things like um you just you have to be really good at spotting early um and I know that that was also another tangent, but um, <laughs> I think it's it's important to bring up that like, yeah, so I did feel the pressure for sure, um, especially because I didn't have that preparation before. Right, right. And hey, that going back to just like the high level theory crafting on matchups and not necessarily like playing the matchups and like going at the decisions, um, even if you know them, it's always a good idea just to like go over them again, just to re-remind yourself. We're all human. We we. Sometimes, you know, you know, as Pokemon players, knowing the meta, um, we know the basics of what you need to do in every matchup. But sometimes in the moment you get tunnel visioned. So if you can, you know, pre- prepare yourself beforehand and say, hey, if I'm going into X matchup, these are some things I can do to get get outs, depending on what they put me into. And, you know, the, you know, the, that theory crafting high level um, definitely is helpful, um, you know, for myself. I notice I've been doing that a lot lately, too. Um, just, you know, reminding me myself of the basics. And I feel I found that it's kind of helped me get out of this little funk that I've been in recently. Um, and I even used that again uh, against uh, the team and the team challenge beforehand. I was, you know, kind of just theory crafting ahead of time. I was playing against Lost Box against the Lugia matchup. I'm like, OK, um, well, they can't one shot me, uh, uh, you know, at, at this current juncture. So I'm, I know I'm going to take a hit. Um, if I just, you know, the next turn retreat and then play a collapse stadium to hit my own, you know, I'm taking that big, that big two prizer off the table and then they have to go through one prizers. So it's kind of, kind of in the same vein of what you were talking about. Um, just to kind of just think out those kind of strategies beforehand. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, like studying for a test, like taking mm-hmm. a class and studying for a test. Like you can take the class and you're going to learn a lot, like just by doing whatever you do in the class. Um, but before you take a test, you still have to study like the facts, like even right. if you know how to um, how to do like solve whatever math equation or whatever, you still have to memorize your formulas before the test um, so that once like once you get into the game, once you get into those situations, you know exactly. Hey, I studied that. I remember what I'm supposed to do here. I don't even have to waste thinking time about this. I know the correct thing to do right away. 100 percent agree. So I, just, yep. uh, I was just thinking about the Pythagorean theory now, like you're, <laughs> uh, from math class that I had so long ago. Now I have playing Pokemon and then hit the Jake Gearhart theory, get right to the answer. I don't even have to think about it anymore. So. Exactly, exactly. Uh, before, well, actually, I was going to say, because, you, you know, that was an interesting point, too. Uh, how often does, you know, doing that, you know, thinking about the high level stuff or or whatever matchups can and cannot happen? How often does that kind of stuff keep you up at night in the middle of like you lay down and you're ready to go to bed and it's like, oh, this idea popped up or this idea popped up or I can do this. Like, 
How often does that keep you awake? <laughs> I it does happen from time to time. I I'm pretty good at like falling asleep though. Like I always like yeah. That's that's one of the things that I, I'm very happy about biologically i can just fall asleep very quickly without right. getting distracted um but i definitely spend a lot of time in the night like while i'm in the shower i'm thinking about pokemon games right um, i'm thinking about matchups uh brushing my teeth thinking about matchups all of that stuff um but yeah occasionally occasionally i do get ideas like right before i'm about to fall asleep and i think about them for a little while longer right Every so often I'll have an idea like that, just watching TV with the family and my wife will look at me and she's like said something to me and I'm, she's, she just sees it in my eyes. She's like, you're thinking about the, you know, a deck or an idea. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right, Chuck, before we get into the middle of the show episode and the news, which I feel like the main topic of the day is going to be the news. Um, I know you brought up pregame and you wanted to talk about his, his um uh, Jake's, uh, oh. was it the tier list? Do you want to spend yeah, a couple minutes on that? Yeah, I wanted to bring it up because I thought it was cool to talk about, uh, especially since we are getting uh, a couple newer mechanics, I guess, uh, coming uh, brought with Scarlet and Violet. But, I mean, uh, this is a tier list. I think it's circulated on Twitter a little bit that people were making of mechanics in the Pokemon trading card game from from base set beginning, I believe. So um, I was just looking at these and, and I just kind of, not to like, I'm not going to run over it. I just want to know like, what are Jake, what are your, some of your favorite mechanics that have been in the game? Cause there's a lot on this list that I have yet to ever play with. I've seen it, used it. Some of them, I mean, I've used in other game like GLC or things that you can use them. But uh what are some of your fun ones to play with? Yeah, so I think like one of my favorite mechanics for sure is the Holland's Pokemon. And I have that right up in S tier at the start. Um, they're Pokemon that you can attach as energy cards. Um, mm. So uh, there's two of them, which just you can attach them as colorless energy. They count as your attachment for the turn. Um, but then uh, a couple of them, the Holland's Cast Form, uh, Magneton, and Electrode. Um, you can attach, uh, when you attach them, you have to take an energy off the Pokemon that you attach it to, and then it provides two rainbow energies. Um, so like the cool thing you can do with these is you can like recover them with Pokemon recovery cards. You can find them with ball cards or search supporters. Um, and they just allow a lot of like flexibility with your deck building. Like, um, how many, how many, like, cause you have to weigh, weigh the pros and cons of having a Pokemon that you can start with. But it's also an energy that like you'll you'll want to attach it later in the game. So um it yeah, it just makes deck building more interesting. Um That's and then there's uh like one of the the coolest combos with this card was um uh Blastoise EX uh, has the classic rain dance ability, deluge, whatever you want to call it, except you put uh 10 damage on the Pokemon whenever you attach a water energy. Um, so you can attach water energy as many times you want, and then you can attach the Holland's electrode or uh, or cast form or whatever, um, bounce back a water energy into your hand, and then it's got two rainbow energies on it. So one of the biggest decks at the time was this uh, uh, Blastoise with uh, Lugia EX and Steelix EX. And Lugia EX and Steelix EX costs um, 
like completely different energies from water, but they were able to be played alongside Blastoise because of these Holland Pokemon. So you'd, yeah, you'd attach the water energy, take 10, bounce the water energy back with the cast form, and then you get the energy to attach again with Blastoise. So you can get three energies with the two cards, basically. Um, yeah, it was, it was just, just a cool combo. That's um, cool. Yeah. No, uh, I know I this like, is, oh, sorry. Yeah, go, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you you go ahead. I was just going to say, I noticed that you have uh, VMAX and Tag Team GX at the very, very bottom. Um, that's basically <laughs> when Chuck and I started. That's all we know. Um, and it hurts me because I see Pikarom at the very, very end. At the low. That's my favorite <laughs> deck. Wait, wait, you use Pikarom as the... the yeah, I mean, you put Pikarom there. Come on. <laughs> if you enjoy F tier, then then the game's going to get so much better from now on out. <laughs> well, I mean, I enjoyed F tier well last. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the longer drawn out games because it def definitely leads to more skill expression um, and, and setting up for multi-turns down the road. So it definitely... Um, you know, benefits players that are are skilled at at forecasting matchups and, and just kind of turns ahead. So um, that's what I'm looking forward to too. But I I still love me, me some Pikaram, uh with some you know, Tapu Koko Prism Star, you know, uh, <laughs> Thunder Mountain. Just hit Night turn bears. one, take 150 and accelerate energies. I mean, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I I think the yeah, just longer games are so much better. You're going to like them. Trust, <laughs> trust. <laughs> um, but I, I think the, the big problem with those two mechanics is that they're not only three prizes. Like, you notice I have, like, the unions uh, in B-tier. Like, three prizes aren't necessarily the problem. It's just the fact that they were, like, um, you bench them immediately. Like, the, right. the tag teams are just three prize basics. Right. And the V-maxes are three prizes, but they also evolve from two prizes. So there's like, uh, it just makes the game so much faster. Um, and like a thing that that you'll notice happens a lot more once the EX era starts happening is that um, you have to think about how many prize cards you have in play. Like that's a, a key thing that you have to think about is like when you're benching, um, uh, like you don't want to bench, like even in the, the Flaffy uh, decks, you don't want to bench Maridon EX because you, all your attackers are one prizes, but you can bench the Maridon EX at the same time as you bench or as you evolve into Ampharos CX, because you, you now have two, two prizes. It like, it doesn't matter the, the, like things like that. Like, right. um, uh, and especially like, like, uh, the, the stage one, two prizes, like you have all your basics. You don't want to evolve all of them at once because your opponent now has a prize map. They can take two here, two here. So you like, you have to think about, uh, more about like keeping, uh, keeping your opponents, uh, like, uh, keeping your opponent's ability to predict the the, the rest of the game in check. Um, right. And, Make them win in three turns instead of two or something like that, depending on the yeah, prize maps yeah. you're giving them. Yeah. And yeah, not yeah. only that, like, even if you, even if you know your opponent is going to win in, even if you know your opponent, you want your opponent to win in six turns, um, you can still make your opponent think they need eight turns to win the game for a while by mm -hmm. not benching something. Um, even though, you know, you're going to play it later, it just keeps them, uh, it prevents them from forming like a complete game plan. Right. Um, and a lot of times if you don't have a fully mapped out prize map, then you're going to make mistakes um, by missing. Like if, if you know you want them to win in six turns, they think they need to win in eight and you're not going to show them that they can win in six turns, then they might misplay and, mm -hmm. and end up not being able to, to actually win in the six turns because they screwed up with their attachments or something. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. Again, uh, I'm, that's, I'm excited for the new meta. 
uh, and you know, with all these cards coming out and just like their their prize values, um, you know, increasing as they uh, go up the evolutionary chain, um, and then just kind of that kind of gameplay. So, uh, looking forward to that for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's uh, on that on that note. Like I was the 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 prize mapping and and maybe we call it more of like uh, not like the anti prize mapping where you're you're trying to deny prizes from your opponent like that's going to be i think like you said a little bit more of an important skill that we don't really rely on because most of the time right now we're benching six prizes turn one anyway so the denying the map isn't really worthwhile but you know thinking of how you're going to get prizes has always been around especially in decks that are you know maybe like single prize in nature where where you're going to get your prizes from and stuff like that so it's going to be a change for people. Um, and speaking of prizes, I, I wanted to, you you brought up the V the V maxes at the bottom, and I wanted to just bring a, a note because like the tier list has basically big basics at the bottom, and then but the GXs able you have GXs and EXs at the top. I see lowercase EXs uh, because those are evolved two prizers. I'm get, I'm going to assume. From there. Yeah, it's just the so, it's just the variety. Like they have, there are big basic EXs and lowercase EXs, but there's also like the the big basic EXs and GXs don't one shot the like the two prize EXs yeah. and GXs. So you have like counterplay. Like if you want to play a fast aggressive big basic deck, you can do that, and that's a valid strategy. But you have to make like it's you have to sort of shift your entire mindset. Like this is something that doesn't really happen now is like there's these these stage two decks. They're going to fall behind on prizes early mm -hmm. against like an aggressive deck. Um, so you, your aggressive deck is going to feel like overpowered for the first half of the game. But as soon as your opponent gets their stage two attacker in play, you have to completely shift your game plan because now you're, now you're in like survival mode. You have to finish taking your six your six prizes before your opponent just completely wipes your board clean um with their like extreme aggression late game it's it's just really interesting like i think back to uh buzzwall gx um versus like zorark gardevoir um was a uh, like the 2017 or 2018 like uh ocic um that was like the finals and like buzzwall it hits for weakness on the Zora was so it, like it literally it wipes the the while the while the Zorua and Gardevoir player this was Torg Reklev he's trying to get his evolutions in play he can't do it for the first like five turns or for four turns or whatever his mm -hmm. opponent's just taking prize cards but as soon as you get the Gardevoir GX in play load up a bunch of energy you just start taking two prizes after two prizes after two prizes it's just it's just way more interesting like that because right. yeah you have to worry about. Uh, how you're going to close out those last prizes yeah it you know the, the future is bright for pokemon because it seems like we are going back to that that era of pokemon even if it's going to be maybe a little different um still uh, very much looking forward to it so i have, I have one last question um just on this just because you put delta species up there in s tier and do you feel like we might have a little bit of a missed opportunity for like a, the bring back of a little bit a taste of delta species like i was hoping like i've never yeah. played with either but i was hoping for like a delta species break like card yeah yeah be... for for the terrastals yeah like yeah. I, it's it's such a big wasted opportunity like they could have <laughs> was... done like even uh like 
like just have have another V star marker. Like we we got GX's V stars. Just print another one, like a terrestrial marker that lets you like change your type once per game. Like it's right. not going to be unbalanced because uh, like GX attacks. A lot of them were also just like a one shot attack once per game. Um, uh, v star powers are more like ability oriented, so you don't see that as often. But think of like a Giratina V star. Like if all of the GXs like had a Giratina V star. V-star power where you just get one one shot in the game somewhere like that's the same thing as changing your type you hit the weakness once but at the same time like uh if you use your terrestrial thing first and then your opponent uh then you take a knockout your opponent can respond by terrestrializing and then like knocking out your thing for weakness and then you've got your terrestrial one it's surviving and then it can't hit it back for weakness there's so much cool stuff they could have done but right yeah. right i again that was another thing i wanted to touch upon even before we uh spoiled some of these cards is just the the wasted opportunity with this terrestrializing ability um i mean which is cool but not if it's every single pokemon being able to you know just kind of stay immune to damage on the bench um, do you find that maybe, you know, this first wave uh, of Pokemon um, are going to, you, you know, have that terrestrial ability? Or do you think uh, maybe they, that Pokemon learns their lesson just kind of from the community? And, and and I've seen it from many different people kind of complaining that they had a wasted opportunity, um, maybe to changing it in the next uh, in the next set or two? Well, I think uh, they have to design cards like I think it's like probably like eight months out at mm -hmm. least mm -hmm. so we probably won't see anything this year or right. yeah so maybe That's next year they'll they'll change it or maybe it's like we we can hope and say it's like scarlet violet base set is bench barrier and next set all of the terrestrial ones have a different effect right so we, we can hope that's the thing but i'm i'm sort of i'm sort of losing hope at this point i, I think it's actually like sort of a negative that they just have free bench barrier like it just makes spread decks worse now it is to only be. to the terrestrial pokemon right it's not yeah, to the full yeah. bench but it's still yeah, it's yeah it still limits that that multi-prizer kind of protects them so it's yeah, just, just play manaphy like they, they have to play manaphy anyway because they have to pr protect their basics that they evolve into like gyarados right. cx has 30 hp magic harps they're gonna get knocked out instantly by greninjas or whatever right so yeah, they have to play Manaphy anyway. Why are why are we playing Bench Barrier on the Gyarados, which doesn't care about the bench damage? Hundred percent agree. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll I'll stop here because we're gonna get the more Scarlet and Violet stuff later. I oh just, yeah, we're, we're I really we liked it. Um, I, it made me think. I would love to have like a lot of this. Like, I don't know if they put a limit on like mechanics, but I could deal with a lot more mechanics than they currently have in the game at one point in time. Um, just because uh, the ideas, the the different things you could do would be so much more fun, um, especially when you have to worry about, like, if you're worried about break mechanics or this, that, and the other thing. It would just be uh, a whole lot more to think about. So, but that's it for that. Let's go yes. to the next part. I'll I'll get out of the way. It's time for trivia. Great conversation, trivia. but we've run long and we're 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 gonna be against it at the end here with it talking about the the prep. So we might have to cut it short on the prep there. But uh let's get into our middle of the show, um, which will be kind of leading into our main topic. Uh, but let's jump into some trivia right now. Yeah, so you have you have a, a, a trivia question ready to go? I do. I have a Pokemon, so as per the use, this is standard legal at the moment. I know 
Uh, this has been on different Pokemon. I believe it's only on one right now in current, um, you know, standard. But uh, name this Pokemon this ability belongs to. Trade. Should, should I just say it? I know it. Do it. Uh, Life hard. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping that might have been a little bit of a <laughs> just because yeah. nobody ever plays Life hard. I figured Jake yeah. would have got that pretty quickly though. Yeah, yeah, I, I know see. there's there's make do on Chinchino, trade on live art, and then uh whatever it's called on curly. I don't I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. No, you got me. I, I nobody ever uses that one, so I figured it might have maybe flown under the radar. So I'm gonna uh, now that we have we have two Jakes, and one is gonna have significantly more card knowledge. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask a harder card. Okay. I'll contribute a lot. <laughs> so i i'm it's the same thing but i uh do trainer cards so uh jake i don't know how long you sit and look at your own app and uh look at trainers and what they might do but i'm gonna give uh what the like text on the trainer card is and then we have to name the card so this is the text in the card search your deck for up to three cards and put them into your hand then shuffle your deck your turn ends is this yeah, this is an expanded. So I, I know what the yeah, card is. This is expanded. This is all that I'm, oh, I'm going I, I out know. standard. Go for it, Jake. Yeah, I, I, I'm not much of a knowledge of the expanded. It's, it's Steven's resolve. Yeah, he's still got it right away. <laughs> that, that, card was, that card was very good. So I, I know. Well, yeah. I, I guess it was it was pretty well, good. That was I picked one that I thought was really good that he that co-host Jake might have known because it's a pretty good card. Um, yeah, right before my time, I guess. So I just it's never really was been gonna, on my radar. <laughs> I was gonna get one of the. I was just gonna get uh use one of the hat ladies and see if you could get it because no one played the hat ladies. I, I would get the hat ladies. I know the hat ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of them is uh if your opponent has a stage two, you search your deck for two cards. Yeah, other ones you take an energy from their active and put it on top of their deck, and then I can't remember what the last one does. You might get me on the last one. <laughs> I'd have to look. look it, I, I put it away. I'd have to look it up. All I know is most of the time they weren't. They when I was using them in a deck before they rotated. That I was just trying to play Morgan, not the other three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the one that gets all the energies in play. Yeah, right. right. Well, we we kind of failed as host here, Chuck. We made really uh, softball ones for Jake. Uh, obviously, his his uh, card knowledge. I don't. His, is, his knowledge is, is way farther. Like. <laughs> deep than so yeah i for sure. I, I work on a on a, a search engine for pokemon cards i know so i think i know i, I have a <laughs> i know the, i know the cards yeah i should I, be for, the, the, for sure you're the, the guy to go to work. whenever like everybody posts their decks on the uh you know on on twitter um uh, you know before rotation and where do they get that they go to your app so uh <laughs> for sure yeah <laughs> we're not gonna stump you <laughs> All right. With that being said, I think it's time to take a break and hear a word from our sponsors. The Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at sportscarjunction.com. Don't forget to check out our weekly league Mondays at 6 p.m. Thank you again, Sports Junction, for being a sponsor. Uh, it's always great uh, 
hearing your ad. I get I don't know, that sounds weird, but it <laughs> lets us do things like this cool giveaway. Uh, we have to announce the winner this week, so no keywords for you guys to put in because we're giving it away this week. Yeah, thank uh, you everybody that that did enter. Um, you know, even if you don't win, it means the world to us that that you are uh, you're you're entering into these tournaments and it's showing us the love and it shows us that you know we're going to keep going with this yes and i i gave eternatus wheezing the full month i played it until this keyword stuff was over uh <laughs> and i won with team challenge jake jake switched off he went to lugia anyway today <laughs> today today we announced the winner this winner is of uh, uh full etb real cards in your hands this winner is antian I know you're in our Discord server, so we'll get a message out to you. Um, and I know you're local to the Pittsburgh area too, so we'll get a message to you. You're the big yep. winner this week. Congrats! We'll, congrats! Uh, be winning an ETB that from our sponsor, Sports Card Junction. So thanks again, and thanks for listening. Uh, listen, uh, keep listening. Next month we'll be doing it again. 100%. All right. So, I mean, there wasn't a lot of news, you know, worth talking about, except for one specific article. And I think that's going to be like the majority of the rest of our conversation here. I wouldn't say there wasn't a lot of news that not that wasn't worth talking about. There is a lot of news uh, out about uh, special arts and how the, the rares are going to be uh, labeled out in Scarlet and Violet. It's... But basically, there's a lot of Scarlet and Violet news, stuff we've been waiting to hear. And the big thing is we have the Scarlet EX and Violet EX set list from Japan, which is basically saying, hey, here is your Scarlet and Violet set list coming potentially later in the year. So everyone is time to theory craft. Time to theory craft yep. if you haven't already. I know I have not. I know Jake has. I know Chuck, you're probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm still theory crafting with Crown Zenith because Scarlet and Violet is just too far ahead. For my head but now that i have a set list i might get there a little bit uh because now i can build around the one card i want to build around which we'll talk about later um so uh i'm going to skip all the other big news um and get right to the fact that we have a set list and we're going to go over some of the cards um the highlights that we think are good there's obviously a whole bunch of cards to talk about and you've probably already seen a lot of them we're going to hit ones that we think are good, um, potent, have potential, and just talk about them and see go from there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with the one that I want to build around. And we've probably seen it the longest because I'm pretty sure it was the first one of the first cards spoiled. But uh, it's, it's my boy Arcanine EX because Arcanine is my favorite Pokemon. I know this card doesn't like scream great, but I think it's playable. Do we have any kind of consensus on that? I know we got Mr. Theorycrafter Jake Earhart here too. So if he can say sadly, it's playable, I, I'll be happy. Sadly, I think it's pretty bad. I think Malamar is better than the Arcanine EX. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just, it doesn't like, it doesn't really do anything. <laughs> like it does, uh, like 250 is good, but there's like no real easy way to get the energy on there we need like some better uh acceleration you have magma basin um but uh yeah there's not much besides that it like you discard the energies so you can't like keep them around 
Uh, like one one strategy you can use is uh, like the armor rogue or armor rouge. I don't know how you say it in the set as well. Yeah. Uh, you move fire energies from your bench to your active as long as often as you like. Um, but Arcanine discards the energies, so you can't like pivot between two of them and then Cheryl, which would be a, an interesting strategy. Um, but yeah, it just it, it hits for two fifty, which is not going to knock out. Um, it's not going to even hit. Uh, knock out like most of the stage one EXs. It's a bit short. Um, it it'll uh, yeah not knock out the stage twos either. Um, and uh, it's got the nice like uh, same uh, outrage attack that like Reshizard had. Um, but a lot of the things in the format right now can just hit it for like a reasonable amount of damage the first turn, um, and then finish up the next turn with the like the rest of the damage. So. You won't get that much opportunity to use that attack. Okay. Well, it was a thought. I mean, yeah, I, a, I might try and make it more. I might try it out. Might be one of the first things, just because I've been, I've been wanting to play an Arcanine deck. Um, it's play Hisui and Arcanine if you're gonna do that. Um, <laughs> so I mean, this uh, well, okay. This, this scratches the, the, fire, the problem is the, because the, I need a fire deck. Too. Well, the problem with the fire Arcanine <laughs> here is exactly what Jake said. Uh, currently, yeah, you can at best on one turn, um, you know, reliably get two energies on it with the the magma basin and attach for turn. You have no other real acceleration, you know, currently uh, that that really helps that out. Uh, to get that off and running, especially if you're going to do it multiple turns in a row, there is no welder in the format for fire. Um, in in you know you have you have gardenas, but that Candela. does nothing for you because it's grass. Uh, so that that no no candela from Pokemon Go. I got to flip a coin, but hey, no, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's just bad. I know. Uh, yeah, and if you're going to use like. You can use Raihan, but that's that's it for like right. Supporter. But then, but but then you're yeah. losing a prize, and you're having to make, yeah. play play catch up at that point. So, uh, how consistent of a strategy is that going to be when you have to fall behind to just to use an attack that may or may not knock out a big Pokemon? Yeah, okay. like technically, okay. technically you can like uh, attach like because Arcanine discards two energy, so technically you can match it by attaching Magma Basin and then move the energy active. And then every time an Arcanine gets knocked out, you have to play a Raihan. And you'll technically stay ahead of attachments, but that's a lot to ask for when uh, you're going to get judged. Yeah, are you going to do that? Are you going to do that at a tournament uh, consistently over nine rounds? I, I don't think no, so. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it. so either. I was I, I like the, the damage. I mean, the discarding too is probably the part that kind of shoots him in the foot. Uh, the three isn't horrible in my head because he does have to evolve so you could get one on them beforehand but um and we do have magma basin but i don't want to i don't want to take up too much time with arcanine yeah. uh, okay we're just, done with arcanine <laughs> uh i agree with you probably not good but it's close um to getting if we get a welder dog, if we get another welder ground fire dog all right let's let's move on to the next one and I know you guys guys go ahead there's, give me there's been there's, there's been you know i've seen talks on both sides of the fence here and i want to get jake's opinion um Bennett ex so he has you know two attacks um eternal darkness is 30 plus or 30 damage your opponent can't play item cards from their hand during their next turn uh so item lock um and then pulte guys look at your opponent's hand 
Uh, this attack does 60 damage for each trainer card in your opponent's hand. So, you know, we've seen cards like this in the in the past. See success. We saw the, uh, was it the Gengar Mimikyu uh, have a very similar attack there. But Gengar, Mimikyu, and Omastar get together, you get the net yet. I just don't, I don't know. Um, to me, I found it underwhelming um, because it feels like a worse version of those cards all mash up in the one um but jake what is what's your your feelings on the binet uh engine i know there's been a lot of thoughts on this card i mean the the problem is it's, it's gengar and mimikyu and amistar on the same card but you can only use one at a time so mm -hmm. uh <laughs> and that's the problem um it's i like it, it'll probably like see play as like a one one line maybe here and there uh just as like an annoyance to decks that want to play rare candy um, or like uh, to shut down Lost Box, maybe you can use the the new Klefki um, as well, which when it's active shuts off all basic abilities in play, um, other than Klefki. Um, so you can like use that turn one and then evolve into Bennett and shut off their items. But uh, it's like aside from that, it's it just like the damage is going to be too easy to play around and thirty damage item lock like. Eventually, you're gonna opponent, your opponent's going to be able to attach enough energies to just uh, deal with your Bennett like before. Yeah, it's it's not it's not good enough to be its own deck, basically. Right. Yeah, and there's no none of those GX uh, that that just kind of stops you there and then like sets up a Shadow Rider uh, either. <laughs> so uh, again, I I don't think this card will see play after you know the initial first couple weeks where people are trying to make it work. They'll realize I think hey, this card's a little underwhelming. Uh, and that people will move on from it. All right. Well, I'm going to naturally uh, transition us into Klefki because I think that's one to talk about. Yeah. Um, and we brought it up in that one. So uh, for those who haven't seen it, it's a basic Pokemon with an ability prank lock as long as this Pokemon is in your... As long as this Pokemon is your active Pokemon. Each player's basic Pokemon in play have no abilities other than prank lock. Uh, and then uh, it has a meaningless attack that does 10 damage and knocks off a tool. Um, uh, so, Klefki. Good, bad, ugly. Going to see a play? I think so. This is uh, basically kind of like new wheezing a little bit. Yeah, it's it's like sort of more like Empoleon V, I see it. And mm -hmm. then it's Empoleon V that also works against Genesect, uh, which is pretty important. Because Mew is like one of the only decks that like doesn't lose anything from rotation, uh, anything major. So yeah, Klefki will probably see play. Uh, it'll probably make Mew decks play more escape ropes and bosses. Um, uh, yeah, they can't get away with playing any Serenas if this thing's going to be there. And then you have all one prizes that are about to evolve into EXs. So yeah, I think this this card is pretty good. Um, it'll right. see play. It's never going to be that game closer. It's the game opener to try to buy you time uh, to build up whatever strategy you're trying to do at that time. Um, so I think definitely think it's viable. Um, and like Jake said, I think it will force people to play a lot more escape ropes. Um, and then we'll see if, you know, people play double Klefki just to try to play around that. Um, I don't know if that's probably viable or not. Could it, um, could it be one of the cards that allows some of these stage two EXs to get off the ground in uh, the mixed V-Star... Vmax world, I think it. So, 
it's definitely possible it'll help but i think uh also rotation kind of kills like literally all of the decks that we currently have except for mew yeah. um so like in some way it'll slow them down a couple turns but so I, I don't even think this might be like might not be necessary for these stage twos to compete because um they're going to be the only decks around um so yeah klefki could definitely help though uh to slow opponents down 100 and I, you say that and i want to go on a small side tight side tangent and this is more just a yes or no um after rotation does lost box just die because of scoop up net leaving uh no it doesn't die but it gets slowed down by like one or two turns so okay. it's it's like now it, on it wouldn't be S tier. The, the EXs. Okay. It still might be because the format's going to slow down a couple turns as well. Okay. Okay. But yeah. All right. Good All right. Deal, good uh, deal. I've I've said two. Jake said one. Mr. Gearhart, do you want to suggest a card that you'd like to talk about? Yeah. Let's see. Well, I think uh, we can talk about Gardevoir EX. It's got to be the standout. Right. One hundred percent agree. Um. Yes. Yeah, it's got the, uh, I don't know what the ability is called, but uh, as often as you like during your turn, you can attach a psychic energy from your discard pile to one of your psychic Pokemon. And if you do, you put two damage on that uh, Pokemon, two damage counters. Um, and then it also has an attack for two psychic and a colorless 190, and you heal all special conditions from it. Um, so I think this is going to be both a good attacker and good support. Um, it'll definitely make uh, like hold together a, a Gardevoir, Curlia, Gallade focus deck um, that uses all of those like crazy effects that that entire evolution line has been printed with. Um, and a cool thing that uh, to note is that like the Shining Arcana Gard Gardevoir from uh, Chilling Rain, I think, um, mm -hmm. that's going to be uh, a very important part of this deck because it hits like super hard. Um, so that attack does 60 plus 30 for each psychic energy on it. Um, and then it's also got an ability that lets you look at the top two cards of your deck. Um, and you can attach as many energies you find there to your Pokemon as you like. Uh, but otherwise you put them into your hand. Um, so it'll line up, uh, like basically you can put, um, just with Gardevoir's ability. So it's got 140 HP. You can put six energies on it. Um, and then you can put a seventh on it, um, for, with your manual attachment. Uh, so that comes out to 270 damage. Um, and then, uh, you can play champions festival, which I think is a good card now for the first time ever, um, <laughs> because you can heal back down. So it's, it both acts as a path counter for Gardevoir. So, cause Gardevoir gets shut off by path. Um, you heal 10 damage, which gives you more HP to be able to attach the last energy. So then you get up to 300 um, and then you can either play like Raihan, hit the Shining Arcana, or play Defiant Band, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, and then you're hitting for 330 for your one prize Gardevoir. Uh, that's pretty big damage. Right. No, that's insane, especially in a in a meta that it's set, definitely seeming to go towards um, tanking and healing. I know a lot of people thinking, uh, you know, a lot of different decks can play Cheryl um, with some of the cards that have come out. Um, and then just kind of, you know, their own healing uh, aspects there. But if you can hit for 310, usually that's not going to matter as much, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it'll definitely be a late game play. Like you won't be able right. to get nine or 10 energies on your, your Curlia or right. Gardevoir immediately. But Right. It's all, it's, it yeah. seems almost kind of like the uh, the Kyogre, uh, the Raising Rare Kyogre, where it's like a late game sweeper 
uh, where it comes in out of nowhere uh, and then takes, you know, two Pokemon for 250 often, oftentimes getting you, uh, you know, five, four or five or six prizes, depending on the board state. So, uh, no, I can see Definitely. that card for, or that combination seeing some uh, pretty good play. Um, and Garner can also do Cheryl, so yeah, that's another one that can. Right. <laughs> uh, I like the the amount of different Gardevoirs that we have that you can put into this. We're in a Gardevoir this, meta, man. Yeah, it's, <laughs> We're uh, always in a Gardevoir meta. It's a Gardevoir world. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is like the, the, the first deck we might see a 4-4-4 four, four, four line of something yeah um, it'll be it's gonna be like four four five because you have to play the delayed too right yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, so, I'm looking forward to that and you might even see different Karelias. so yeah uh, yeah you'll need like a two two split because you want the mirage step to get out your curlies because because an issue with this deck is going to be there's there's only four ralts in the deck but you want like five stage twos in play so you have to get a couple extras out with your mirage step so that you can rare candy the raltzes into gardevoirs yeah yeah, yeah you're gonna have to find a way to get five gardevoirs out uh, yeah this, you want you want your five stage twos and two curlias or whatever <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait! I can't wait to see the the, the chaoticness of of the of the board states. <laughs> yep. Uh, All right, it's gonna be good. All I've right, got um, I've got a I got one next. Um, go ahead. It's not gonna be nearly as meta defining as as Gardevoir, I don't think. Um, but you know, a couple months ago, we were, we were thinking, hey, uh, Badoof is going to see you know the next play after you know Intellions rotate. Um, and we still haven't really seen a lot of success with Badoof. It's come here and there, depending on the deck. Uh, but this card, I think, will help with that that draw engine, especially with Clunky Hands, because Badoof hates Clunky Hands, and you can't do anything with it. But that is Squovit, uh, the basic uh, little colorless uh, Pokemon, uh, 60 HP. And he has an ability, and that's the only reason you're playing him. You don't worry about his attack. Um, and his ability is Hidey Hole. Uh, once during your turn, you may shuffle your hand and return the cards to the bottom of your deck um, without looking at them, then draw a card. So you can, if you have a crappy hand, uh, and we've all seen that with with uh, playing with the Bidoofs, you just use Heidi Hole, you put those all at the bottom, you draw one card, you can Bidoof up there, and then you're off and running, and there you're a little bit more smooth. Those 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 uh, clunky cards are now on the bottom. Uh, and you can, you know, kind of have that be a little bit more reliable. Yeah, I think it's possible for this card to see play. There's also some application with uh, Altaria from Evolving Skies, which lets you search your deck for a supporter and put it on top of your deck. Right. Um, and then you can use the the Squovitz ability, put your hand on the bottom, draw that card, and then play Single Strike Mustard and get your Duraludon VMAX right? out immediately. <laughs> if you another, want to. Yeah, the, the Mustard's another another thing there. Um, yeah, you need to have a small hand. And like you said, if you do that with Altaria. Uh, so there's def definitely, you know, two examples of, you know, consistency um, that this little Squovit will provide decks uh, in the future. Yeah, I think if this card was around with Oranguru, it would be so much better right unfortunately we don't have it because then you could play like you just set a research on top squove it and then you discard your hand don't have any hand so you're just drawing seven 
That'd be nice, but yeah, but we don't get that. We well, don't get it's a that. Way to but save they... resources actually with the research. You're not discarding the resources, right? Yeah. Right. You and you can still you potentially do that um, uh, with with the research or whatever, like you said, with Altaria, um, and still save those resources uh, that you have currently. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I I think I'm gonna definitely try this out depending on the deck uh, for consistency uh, issues there, uh, but. I'm I'm excited, and not only that, just to be able to say uh, Heidi Hole, uh, <laughs> and I always just envision it translates Ta- that way. Uh, yeah, I always just envision Vision Towley from South Park saying that. Uh, <laughs> so I'll be saying it in a Towley voice for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to roll into uh, one that kind of dovetails into that because, as much as we were saying, Badoof would like to draw off of that. I want to bring up Reva Vroom. Uh, the the metal Pokemon stage one that wants to give uh, Badoof a run for his money because uh, it comes with an ability called Rumbling Engine. You must discard an energy card from your hand in order to use this ability. Once during your turn, you may draw until you have six cards in your hand. So uh, it's a different draw engine that gets you an extra card if you can sacrifice an energy. Thoughts. Yeah, so I think this card is like, it's all right. It's not as good as you'd think initially because uh, like imagine getting Roxanne and then having this on your bench and not drawing an energy. You just, <laughs> your support Pokemon is useless. Um, so that's one of the big downsides. Um, you also kind of, this kind of competes with like B-Barrel plus Radiant Greninja in play at the same time because um, you can B-Barrel and then use Radiant Greninja and you draw the same amount of cards um, but your rating Greninja is also like a basic and it'll work for the entire game. You get the barrel. So it's like, I think it'll probably see play, um, especially like if we don't get anything better than this, um, in a couple of years, once barrel rotates out, but yeah, it's a strong effect. We'll see if it sees play initially. Yeah. I mean, you said it uh, perfect there. Um, it could see uses. Um, probably, you know, down the line, maybe, maybe not at first. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, that's not one of those cards that I'm not 100% sold on quite yet. I mean, it'll be, it'll be decent. And I, I think it'll be something that people can make use of, uh, depending on the type of deck. But like you said, uh, the, the qualifier of having to discard the energy to draw the cards does lead it to not be as good when you don't have a qualifier, when you're basically just giving up one card to not have any qualifier. So, yep, I just wanted to bring it up because it is uh, a different a card that could be for a draw engine. Um, how about we go into uh, another card dealing with energies? Uh, we have Armor armor Rogue, Armor Rogue, or Armor Raj. I don't know how to exactly say it. Um, but it's a stage one fire Pokemon that uh, also comes with an ability uh, that has as often as you like during your turn, you may move a fire energy card attached to one of your bench Pokemon to your active Pokemon. Uh, And then it has a flame cannon attack that does 90 damage and burns you. That's not why you're using it. So uh, Bronzong for fire, but only to the active thoughts. Yeah. So we touched on this a bit with the Arcanine EX. Um, It's, 
it's all right. Uh, it's, a, it's a strong effect. Uh, it's reminiscent of the Quagsire from a few years ago, um, where you'd have uh, Naganadel, which allowed you to attach an energy from your discard pile to Naganadel, and then Quagsire moved water energies. So you could attach from the discard, then move the water energies off the Naganadel to your attacker. But this is the Quag without the Nag. So <laughs> uh, uh, it's not as good yet. If we see uh, like an ability like that, uh, that takes energy out of the discard pile, and this definitely gets a lot stronger. I, I uh, tend to agree. Um, I believe I can't remember uh, another who I was listening to. It might have been Tricky Jim or something else. Something I was watching stream, but uh, they were looking at this card and they just said, "How often do we see Bronzong at the moment? It does something, does the same thing, but with battle energy, and doesn't." It can go wherever it wants. Um, so we don't see it very often is the point. Uh, so I don't know how much you'll see it. Uh, there might be a deck, out, a fire deck out there that this kind of maybe turns on uh, with energies, but who knows? So speaking of Bronzong, there's actually a card that I want to bring up that pairs nightly with it, uh, which is the okay. Oinkalone EX. <laughs> Um, so it's a stage one uh, colorless Pokemon evolves from uh, well I don't remember Le-chonk. what the basic name Lechonk. Lechonk. <laughs> Got two sixty HP uh, and its first attack for one colorless energy does ten plus thirty damage times the number of your opponent's bench Pokemon, um, and then its second attack does two ten um, for three colorless energy and you flip a coin if tails it can't attack during the next turn. Uh, so this is a prime candidate for a Sharon or Sher- uh, Sharon's Care or Cheryl deck. Um, you're attacking for one energy early, which is very good against evolving basics, which are going to have very low HP. Um, and then you can start building up energy in play um, and then use your Bronzong to move them off, pick up uh, Oinkaloni X with the Sharon, um, put up a new uh, Lechonk, evolve, move all the energies back. Um, and then you're attacking again and again, and you're just healing and taking a lot of, um, you got a lot of HP, um, uh, because there's, uh, also a, a tool. I can never n- remember the name of it, uh, but it's, uh, like the old hard charm for Max and Y. You, uh, oh, and it's, uh, no, I still can't remember the name. Um, but, uh, if you have no abilities, uh, you take 20 less damage from attacks. Um, so that puts this that's thing to 280. Full face. Full, full face, face guard. Yeah, that's mm. it. Um, so yeah, that card gets you to 280, and then uh, it, while these are still around, you can play V Guard Energy. That gets you their 310. Um, so you got this 310 HP monster uh, that just keeps swinging 210 damage every turn and healing. Uh, it could be good. Could be. So it could be one annoying pig. It, I think. I think you're right, but I don't think it's going to see initial success i think these are one of those cards that might um you know benefit once the game is fully slowed down and not in the turbo meta that we're currently in with the you know some of these uh v max or v stars that just you know basically attack turn two um this this at least cries out to me initially as a deck that needs to set up and, and maybe having you know, turns down the road kind of a thing um i could be wrong but um that's just my initial feelings. I think it can definitely be good. And it's definitely not something I would just throw into my bulk right away. Yeah. I think the, the 
the big like context that we have to look at all these cars about is like with the rotation uh it's like it's surprisingly like shocking how much changes how much right. the game gets slower um like new vmax is the one deck that stays fast but you just have drapey on for that so every right. deck just has a card that says you're fast against mew um so yeah if, fair, if fair. that prediction is right then then this one clone like like the first attack uh it can get you attacking turn turn two even if you're only hitting like 110 or 100 or 130 um you're still like two hit KOing a lot of stuff which which is pretty good right no you're not wrong i i do like that card um i yeah we'll see it definitely it screams out hey healing and just you know play that long game and we've seen decks you know similar in in spirit uh to that um see success um in the the recent uh past it's sort of like arceus again uh, arc intel but without the intel so maybe not as good but right yeah all right i have one other pokemon i want to bring up quickly um just because i think he's kind of cool too but i, I don't know he might be kind of mediocre I was going to talk about uh, basically the combo of Coriodon and Great Tusk EX. Um, another basic, it's a they're both basics, but you use basically using Coriodon to get Great Tusk ESC set up to do, I think it's 250 damage on its attack with the fighting. Um, trying to figure them out, right? Yeah, 250. Uh, but then you uh, 250 to yourself. Um, thoughts on if if Great Tusk can come out swinging i mean i think it's uh the problem is it's it's got no hp <laughs> so uh a lot of things are gonna have no trouble hitting for 200 damage 220 and you're just putting a bunch of two prizes in play that have 220 hp um like after like even great tusk has 250 hp but as soon as it attacks uh it takes damage yes. mm -hmm. yeah so it's uh, i think it's gonna be 50 yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult for those those attackers to survive when you're just kind of conceding the fact that you got to win in like four turns because your opponent is gonna just one shot two prizer after two prizer. Right. If I was gonna play a deck like that, I think I'd rather just play like a Sui and Zora Arc V Star, um, which is kind of the same thing where you just force them to go through two uh, two prizers, but it seems a little bit more tanky, even though you're hurting yourself in that deck too. Um, plus, you have the V Star power to draw through. Um, so it, it, those those decks seem similar. Just this feels a little inferior, at least to me. Yeah, this this will be probably this might be one of those decks that that can can maybe it comes out swinging real fast, but if you can weather the storm, it'll just run out of gas. Right. So, um, any other. That's all I have. I, for I got Pokemon. a Pokemon that I, I feel is probably fringe, um, and I want Jake's opinion on here, and that's Toxicroke EX. Um, we, we've not seen um, a lot of success for Poison or other status decks generally, like in a, in, for the long term. Uh, we've seen some pop up here and there, but it does have an attack uh, for uh, Toxic Ripper for a dark and two colorless. So with Dark Patch, with double colorless, this can be, you know reasonably charged up pretty quickly um 120 damage your opponent's active pokemon um is now poisoned uh, but put six damage counters instead of one between turns uh so if you do this uh without the double colorless you're essentially hitting for 180 
Uh, plus, if they're staying in the active, they're taking an additional 60. Uh, so that's uh, 240. Um, and if you put any like, ping damage, you think that this may see fringe play? Uh, possibly, because it's also got the Hisuian Sneasler, the Radiant one, mm-hmm. uh, which makes Poison do two more. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you're actually hitting pretty good numbers. Um, I think it'll kind of depend on... Um, like. It, it's difficult to use an attack like this where you really want your opponents to not retreat because uh, as soon as they retreat, you're losing a lot of damage output um, just from the poison. So I think it's it's a bit underpowered um, right away, but it's possible that like, um, yeah, stage one EXs that are like can be powered up in one turn are, are pretty like good things to to look out for in the future, especially with uh, the Zorark. Uh, that can from evolving skies that can transform into toxic rope ex mm-hmm. um, and then you can attack right away and you got something with a good amount of hp um so yeah i don't think it'll see that much success but uh we do have gardevoir ex weak to dark and mu v max also weak to dark so dark is a good type to be right now right right and uh, another thing i forget the stadium but there was one that uh um that is similar to galar mine not quite as good that that uh kind of you know, makes your retreat cost one more. So if we're seeing decks similar to like Lugia, not saying Lugia is going to stay around after rotation, um, but like just in that same vein where they're using just like straight retreat, um, then you might see some play out of this. But uh, like if there's a lot of switching cards, yeah, I, I kind of agree. You're losing that that attack potency uh, for that second poison damage going into your turn um, for either the knockout or putting it e- easily like pingable damage uh, away from knockout. Yeah, there isn't actually any stadiums that survive rotation that increase your retreat I thought there cost. was a new one here, unless I misread The new one reduces. The one reduces retreat Oh, reduces. Cost. Okay, I misread that earlier. Yeah. Then. Okay, so there's, there's, there's a, nothing that, 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 that helps. There's a yeah, one. That you, have, you have Spidops EX, which is another one we can talk about. Uh, it could yeah. actually be decent. Um, got 260 HP. Um, evolves from a thing with 40 HP. <laughs> or there's one with 60. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how these numbers. Uh, Gyarados 10x is its HP when it evolves, which is right. pretty ridiculous. <laughs> right. Um, uh, but yeah, its ability increases your opponent's active retreat cost by one. Um, and then its attack for grass colorless does 90 plus 30 times the number of colorless in your opponent's retreat cost. Um, so uh, this can be good with uh, Leafy on V Max, which sticks around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leafy on V's got the ability, which gets an energy in play. Then Leafy on VMAX hits for 60 times the number of retreat costs your opponent has. Um, so you could have an interesting deck where, um, yeah, you're just using your spite offices early to get some chip damage in. And then when you're ready, you can evolve into a Leafy on VMAX and just start blowing stuff up for the late game. Um, I'm curious if the spite ops abilities of trap territory stack. they stack yes they do so okay so yeah, yeah you can yeah. you can get you can get four and increase your opponent's retreat cost by four uh and That's do a nuts. ton of damage this this card would be uh this card really uh loses a lot by uh yellhorn's rotation yellhorn would have been a, a really really big card with this deck um because you can yellhorn and then your opponent uh, like can't attack you again they have to find a switch and then switch back into the active there's no no other way to confuse um on an ability or uh, a trainer card right now so if they as soon as they print something like that then spite op cx gets a lot better because then you're going from two shotting to basically like 
effectively one-shotting half the time because your opponent's going to flip tails or or they have to spend a lot of uh, switch cards to get back into the active. Yeah, I agree. Um, that seems pretty fun, uh, but <laughs> we'll see. Does anyone have any other uh, Pokemon they want to talk about? I've got two that we actually these are these are almost as meta defining as Gardevoir EX. Yeah, let's <laughs> do it. That, um, the Amphros EX and the Maridon EX. Uh, so Maridon EX uh, has an ability tandem unit that lets you uh, once during your turn you can search for two basic lightning Pokemon and put them on your bench. Um, and then it's got an attack Photon Blaster 220. Uh, and then during your next turn, it can't attack. And it's also got 220 HP and Lightning type. Mm -hmm. um, so this is uh, very good for uh, getting Mareeps out early in a Flaffy Box style deck. Uh, it's just sort of a bailout. You you don't want to put this into play, but uh, it's sort of like Luminion, where uh, it'll help you get out of a, a bad hand early or even make a mediocre hand into a great one right um yeah you can get this off of a nest ball find two more mareeps and then every turn you can just get more mareeps out um uh and then amphro cx is going to be the like the big tank attacker for flaffy box that flaffy box kind of really needed um so it's got 330 hp evolves from flaffy uh to stage two um, and then it's got an attack for one lightning energy, just 60 damage. Uh, but then the second attack uh, for lightning and two colorless does 140. And you may discard two energies from it. And if you do, it does 100 more damage. So basically, this is just going to be um, uh, in your one prize matchups. This is going to be a very efficient attacker. Uh, might even be able to survive, stick around for like two or three turns, um, getting knockouts. Um, and then it can also one-shot uh, basic EXs and even some of the lower HP stage one EXs. Um, so this is really good. Um, and you also got um, Regieleki is a nice attacker for Flaffy Box, which does mm -hmm. like the same one that the Reggie's deck plays 120 and you spread 40 to two Pokemon. So you can sort of hit uh, 120, 40, 40 and set up damage that Amphro CX takes a knockout later. Um uh, so this card is going to be very good, I think. Uh, it's just like a lot of uh, toolbox attackers that a Flaffy flaffy style deck can use. Yeah, I mean, all that lends to Pokemon consistency, energy acceleration consistency, damage buffs. Like It, it, it seems um, like this deck um, definitely has a lot of potential to be one of the best decks going in uh, after rotation. Yep, for sure. Uh, then there's like one other card I think we can talk about. Actually, there's, there's a couple trainers though that yeah, there's that we some can trainers. Mention. There's there's so many that yeah. we're not going to get a chance to talk about. Well, that's, but, I yeah, want to. <laughs> I want to. That's why I was asking you Pokemon because I want to transition to talk about a couple different trainers real quick before we close out the the Scarlet Violet talk. I think I forgot so, one more Pokemon that we can mention. Yeah, let's, let's uh, just real quickly is the Indeedy. Um has like 90 HP basic, has an attack for one colorless that lets you just search your deck for a uh, Pokemon that evolves from one of your bench Pokemon and evolve it. Um so this effect has historically been very good in in like evolving stage two metas. Um, there's like a Jirachi from uh, way back in the original EX era, and then Diancie from 2017, which had the same effect. I was played with Gardevoir GX. 
so this is just very good early game consistency to get out your um, get out your evolutions um, and give them more HP so that your opponent can't pick them off as easily. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, nice. And, and also, just to add to that, like we're losing um, evolution incense, so it's kind of almost like an evolution incense um, replacement as a Pokemon. Um, which is always good because if people were a little bit worried, I mean, obviously Ultra Ball can get you there, but you, you know that's a, a heavy cost depending on the deck. Um, this is another just card that adds to consistency, especially on those uh, decks that want to have stage twos out there, like Jake said. So um, it definitely helps with consistency um, going 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 in on your setup. Yeah, I like the idea of Indeedee just being able to can like just can pr progress. Uh, early game uh, your evolutions along indeed you do all right <laughs> all right i'm gonna transition this into some trainer talk so uh, uh we have a lot of new items coming out we big talk about the electricity generator but i want to start this because we got a lot of talk about professor's research discard draw seven i'm going to open the conversation with oh my we got God, a shuffle draw time. card <laughs> come on get out we got a shuffle draw shuffle <laughs> draw eight uh your turn just happens to end after the end of this and katie so how bad is this card this card is excellent every deck's gonna play four of course no this... so great <laughs> no please don't play i mean actually yeah all the locals please play this card I, i'll enjoy having an extra turn of five katie's in your deck <laughs> Right. I mean, the only card I can see this seeing any kind of play in is some kind of stall mill deck uh, that you're never really, well, you're never really attacking, like, uh, and you're just trying to reset your hands, um, almost like a Snorlax kind of thing with, uh, with, uh, um, what's the ability right now? It's off the top of my, um, Gorman dies. dies. Yeah. Yeah. Something, something to that kind of effect. But other than that, no, I, I don't like this card <laughs> at all. Yeah, no. And the, the problem is there's also Judge still, and Judge is going to see play. Uh -huh. <laughs> so you want to shovel draw eight and then just get down to four. Right. And how many times, how many of these times did we see a deck that played Gormadize just get Marnied? And they're like, well, I had what I wanted. Well, this is the same yeah. situation. Same situation. Except yep. worse. <laughs> exactly. You have to spend just... the card. It doesn't stick in play. It's right, gone. right. Exactly. All right. Uh, now to to real talk on supporters. Um, uh, the first one I wanted to bring up uh, is is Miriam, which is basically our Pokemon recovery that aren't ninety HP or less, because mm -hmm. uh, we did not receive an item, at least in the initial set, that will bring back a Pokemon from the discard pile. Besides Miriam, which chews up to five Pokemon. Uh, from your discard pile, reveal them, and then shuffle them into your deck, and then you draw three cards. So it's recovery with a little bit of draw, but uh, what are your thoughts on this form of recovery, especially with the I mean, more evolutions we might be seeing? I'm, I'm going to start here. I, I typically don't like it because if if you're playing, this this lends itself to go into one prizer's deck, right? Uh, because you're losing more Pokemon. If you're playing Multiplizers and you want to get a Pokemon out, uh, you might as well just play... Um, uh, what's Now I'm losing everybody's mind. Uh, the one that Rescue gets, Carrier? Yeah, not Rescue Carrier. Though for bigger oh, Clara. Pokemon. Clara, yeah, Clara. So you get an energy back and it's in your hand. Um, if you're playing, you know, single Prizers, um, using a supporter to get your Pokemon back feels pretty bad, even with a combination of, like we talked about with Barrel or... Um, 
the barrel with the squovit or with the um Altaria or anything like that. It just feels bad. Um, rescue carrier cool, but you know, those evolution Pokemon they they that are still one prizers, hey, you, you need a rod it, until I don't know. I just I just I'm not in love with this card at all. So I actually think this card is super good. <laughs> um, because uh so ironically the the for the first time in in 12 years uh draw three is actually not mm. a bad effect um because uh, we don't have any supporters anymore <laughs> so the problem is research stays which is going to make this format like kind of high rolly like if you start research in your opening hand you're going to be a lot better off than your opponent um but uh, in a format where we don't have any, uh, we don't have Crobat, we don't have Dedenne GX, we don't have Shaman EX. Um, uh, we have Luminion to find supporters, but you really don't want to put that into play. Um, uh, you're going to want to put 10 to 12 draw supporters in your deck again, finally, um, mm. after after like a decade. The standard 10 to 12 draw supporters is going to come back. Um, and this sort of rounds out those final like couple numbers. You'll probably want... Um, like for research in your deck, a few Colrus experiment, um, maybe a couple Shaunas. Um, and then this card is going to round out those final spots. Um, and it's got the added bonus of getting getting back Pokemon from the discard pile. I mean, everything you said right there is not wrong. Um, again, I haven't been in those, those formats, but if it is a slower meta, I mean, I guess I can kind of see it. I guess I'm still in the mindset of the current meta we're in and the, the meta we've been in the last two, two and a half years, um, which this card would actually, actually just be complete garbage. Yeah, it'd be um, really bad. <laughs> but if if the world we're talking about and we kind of led, you know, this next format uh, where it's going to be slower and more drawn out and, and thoughtful and setting up t- turns in advance. OK, you, you may have swayed me. We'll see. I'm still on the fence. <laughs> I I agree with Jake's power on the on the Miriam. I mean, there is there is. I mean, it's the only recovery card that you could potentially draw into what you just recovered. Like you like, I mean, it's very low odds on a draw three. You could still draw you, into like a nest ball or something, and then yeah. you can find what you shuffled back. If so. you, I do I do not like it. In the terms of single prize decks, if you're gonna if you're not gonna put uh, a, an EX or something into the deck or multiple, I taking taking a turn off from using your supporter historically uh, to I that... just recover Pokemon historically is bad. But like like uh, you said, Mister Gearheart, I'm not specifying yep. the format will be a little slower, so it might not be as bad. It's like um, you have to think of this. You're not actually taking your turn off your supporter to play this. This is your draw supporter, and it's yeah, like right. It, draw three. We gotta we gotta stop being scared of draw three. Like in the mindset that draw three is just awful. It's still pretty. It's still not great, but draw three yeah. plus an additional effect is actually like decent now because we have so so many so few options. Right. I mean, you're right, because, you know, a year ago we had with the Dene Crobat professors. Now we have, you know, Crobat professors or some kind of combination of that. And Marnie, uh, too. And Marnie. Yeah. So that you're seeing a lot of that combination go away. Uh, so you're not going through half your deck in one turn. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you may have swayed me again. Th- three plus if you're playing, you know, like we've talked about already with uh, with other cards here. Uh 
the combinations that, that this actually might not be that bad. Yeah, I think this is like also a very good card for Gardevoir EX because uh, it really wants to build a large hand. It doesn't mm -hmm. care about recovering energies, so there's no point in playing Clara because you want them in the discard pile. Um, so yeah, you're drawing three, you're building your hand. Gardevoir wants to have a 10-card hand. Uh, so yeah, draw three is better than research. See, I'm having right. tunnel vision. Stay out of my tunnel, and I need to. <laughs> I need to expand and, and change lanes. <laughs> All right, yeah, we're we're, go we're jumping into like this next format. This is like like immediate everything right. changes. We're jumping out of the POV lane and jumping straight into like the the, the right sand, yeah. the right side lane. Yeah, so we're, I gotta, we're, I just we're going back. We're time back. traveling back a decade. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> All, All right, right let's, let's do two, one or two more cards. You you yeah. can uh, you can pick them out. Uh. Okay, um, I will go next to uh, one that I think is going to see a lot of play in Penny. Uh, return one of your basic Pokemon in play and all cards attached to it to your hand. So this is the Karen's care, but for anything, um, but they just have to be basic. So uh, thoughts here, uh, like a, a you could see a big basic deck. Like a, like a Corian Great Tusk, even though we were saying that wasn't that great, but that, that takes some damage, then you pick it up, put it back down. Um, things like that. See some use or uh, thoughts. Thoughts. Anyone else other than me? I think the, the most that this will actually see play is it with Mimikyu V. Because Mimikyu V has an ability that when you put it on your bench, you can prevent all damage done to it during your opponent's next turn. Um, and then for a psychic, uh, psychic energy, it does thirty times the number of prize cards does, your one is taken. Does that mimic you rotate, or is that did that come in battle oh, style? It's battle styles. Oh yeah. geez, <laughs> barely hangs on. So yeah. we're gonna be playing mimic you looping wars. You got Palpad reprint for Penny. Just <laughs> keep going between two mimicues. Oh my god, <laughs> that'll be that'll be a meme. But like yeah. mimic you could see like. Like if a deck is already playing Penny for whatever reason, or like Gardevoir EX, maybe there's a matchup where you you just need to like buy a turn. You put the Mimic you active, it's immune. You Penny it up. Uh, you, you get a couple little little damage on board. Like it's it's not not that bad. Um, it could see play. So Penny, it, you you said uh, Mimic you. I was thinking more of uh, Arcanine, assuming Arcanine. So the one that the, the fighting one that hits for a lot of damage when you have damage counters so if you, if it tanks a hit uh, you get a second one down you can just move all the energies to the second one and use penny heal up and rinse and repeat if you're playing a deck that can't uh, uh one shot i believe it's 150 hp uh plus i think there's uh you know a couple other cards that we've kind of talked about that can potentially buff it uh defensively um it's just a matter of you know that that hp threshold is okoable or not consistently for most decks i think yeah, Arcanine has Arcanine V has 230, and then there's okay, a tool okay. in this set which makes your fighting Pokemon take 30 less. Okay. So if if Stone Energy wasn't rotating, this would actually be a, a like a very solid deck, I think. Um, because you could just load up your Arcanine. You can use your Coridon um uh Coridon EX to put some extra fighting energy in play, keep attaching stone energies, and your Arcanines have like 300 HP effectively and then are healing every turn, right? Uh, doing a lot of damage. But I think since Stone Energy rotates, it's a lot weaker. It still could actually be good, though. It just depends on, yeah. Yeah, it just really depends like, on that 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 average damage threshold. I think that most decks will see. 
Yeah, um, it goes from probably being like a bustedly too hard to KO to it can it can be KO'd really with the mm -hmm. stone energy not not going away. Hundred percent. All right, uh, one more I have on my list is uh, Arvin. Uh, I wanted to see search your deck for an item card and a Pokemon tool card. Uh, reveal them. Put them in your hand. Shuffle your deck. Uh, is uh. Is this good enough to you know uh, run a deck off of? We saw Irida do it with a water water Pokemon and an item card. Can a Pokemon tool and an item card suffice? I think the issue is that a tool is a lot worse than a Pokemon. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but this still this there's actually a cool combo with this is you can Luminion for Arvin get an item card and for a Seal Stone. Uh, so you're searching for an item in anything. Which is pretty pretty decent, um, but aside from that, uh, I don't think it's that good. Um, but it's cool right. that we have like a card like this now with the the new tool wording. Right. I, I, again, I think you're probably right. I think Irida just naturally is better because you know obviously it's a Pokemon, um, and you know an item card and a tool card um, may see some play. I think again, it maybe not right away. Maybe a year from now, the meta is completely shifted, especially after the next rotation, um, and that this card might see more love at that point. Uh, but right now, I think it's still, even though we're slowing down, I feel like it's just not quite there. It's it's just not effective enough. All right, I just have two more quick items to talk about. Well, I'm, we talked a lot about uh, electricity. I've heard a lot of talk about electricity generator. Is it going to be good or average? What do we what do we think? B I think it's going to be kind of yeah. I think it'll I'll give it like a B or or a C okay. plus even. I think the Flaffy decks are just going to be better without it, but I could be wrong. Uh, it just yeah, it, it's hard to say with a card like this where it's very high rolly. Um, there's not a lot of attackers that you want to be using. Like this is this is good for like a turbo deck, but there's not a lot of lightning attackers that you want to be turboing out you kind of want to play a, a more long game with lightning attackers with the flaffy box now so it it's all right but yeah i hope it doesn't see play it's not a card i like <laughs> i think it will see play i think even if it's a bad card even if it's like proven to be just bad i think people will still just play it you know, there's there's a couple other cards that I think we've mentioned before. If you want to say something first, though, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no yeah. I, I have one fun. I have like one funny one left. So yep. if you haven't, uh, so I think there's a like we we've mentioned it a couple times, but Nest Ball is getting a, re a reprint, so that's yes. our replacement for Quick Ball. Um, I like it a lot better than Quick Ball. Like I think it's Quick Ball stronger, but I like Nest Ball. Um. I think it's more healthy for the game. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And then there's also the um, the Beach Court, which reduces the retreat cost of basic Pokemon by one colorless energy. Uh, so this is sort of replacing Air Balloon in Lost Box. Um, and a couple other decks will probably end up playing this card. Um, and then, yeah, there's one more good uh, tool card, uh, which is Defiant Band. If you're yep. behind on prize cards your attacks do 30 more damage to your opponent's active Pokemon. Um, so I think this card is, uh, it's going to be all right now. Um, I hope we get more comeback mechanics like the game designers said they were going to bring. Um, and the more comeback mechanics there are that you can combine with Defiant Band, the better the card is. Um, I think 
right now 30 damage is a bit low if it was like 40 or 50 damage i think it would definitely see play but uh 30 is kind of on the fence right now do you, do you find it do you think it maybe be because it's a universal 30 as long as you are behind like it's worthy of a one of for when you are behind instead of like uh like if you play two choice belts for whatever reason or something like that now like a one one like a I, one defiant i think the i think this is like a situational card like you have to have a reason to play this card like a certain mm -hmm. matchup that you're going up against where you need to hit 30 more damage and that'll make you win from behind um but yeah. and also you have to find the card too and their item search doesn't work anymore. So I think this card is definitely suited to something like Gardevoir EX, uh, which I mentioned earlier, the Shining Arcana Gardevoir. Like Gardevoir is going to want to go behind on, it'll probably like even take um, like a three prize deficit, like six to three, um, and it'll be able to make comebacks from there just by doing massive damage with your uh, one prize Gardevoir EX, tanking some with the the uh, Gardevoir EX, like the, yeah, the one prize Gardevoir does a bunch of damage defiant band lets it hit uh 330 pretty easily well pretty easily but uh, you still have to get to that point um yeah. and then also uh you'll have trade to be able to find uh the defiant band when you need it so so i have one last item card that if uh it's gonna throw it out as a suggestion if hasuian zorark v-star yep. goes crazy in the meta becomes too good for everybody, if it if it becomes too good, go out and get your picnic baskets, and it will end the day for Zorark. Uh, this Are card really does thirty damage from all Pokemon in play, both yours and your opponents. <laughs> Let him fill the bench, then play your picnic basket and watch them cry. So. So ironically, uh, I think Zork is the best V-Star <laughs> deck after rotation because uh, the best is like would be Palkia, but it's weak to lightning and that lightning is very good. Yeah. Um, so Zork just hits hard and fast. Um, something might actually play that. Like if Zork, Zork is like good enough, then this card will probably see play. And I, I could, there's, there's a chance that that does happen uh, as weird as that sounds. And then this also helps yeah. like Gardevoir EX, like it wants to heal, so could see there anyway. But yeah, I mean, we saw you know you played a uh, card kind of similar uh, with the Emergency Jelly with uh, with the uh, Articuno, so you know that damage can matter, I guess. Uh, but I don't feel like this card is going to see an abundance of play. If expecting <laughs> not if, an if you have a specific yeah. <laughs> meta call that you're trying to make, maybe like I I I get it. But generally, yeah, a picnic plastic. Uh, unless, well, like when said, our good friend Gazerbeam Two K brings out his uh, Zoroark deck, let's just everyone remember uh, picnic basket. And try and beat him with it. Yeah, you're not wrong. Okay, well, we can talk <laughs> Pokemon uh, for even more than we have. Like we've already gone way over what <laughs> our normal episode uh, length is. I know Scarlet there's so many cards and we had so many great conversations and insights from Jake. Um, so I, I thank you for coming on uh, and, and hanging out with us for a little while. But before we let you go, um, the time is yours for any shout outs, plugs or anything that you want uh, to throw out before we end this uh, podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to uh, 
find my Twitter that you keep hearing about. Uh, it's uh, at Jake K. Gearhart. You'll be able to search my name. Just uh, And then, uh, yeah, check out uh, pokegear.app is my uh, like website deck building app. Um, yeah, deck building website. That's how I how I look through the standard format every two weeks and learn every card there is. Um, but other than that, yeah, you can find me at, uh, at tournaments. If you come, come and say hi, if you recognize me, I love yeah. hearing from people. For sure. And any tournaments you're going to in the next uh, couple of regionals? Yeah, I'm going to go to Orlando and then, uh, I'm sort of taking a break, uh, a little bit until we get to like Fort Wayne, I think is the next one that I'll be doing after Orlando. Okay. Um, I will so see yeah, uh, yeah, I gotta my I'm I'm already hitting like getting close to my best finish limit of six regionals, <laughs> so I gotta kind Let's of go. limit you... <laughs> limit down on the ones I I go to. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, very awesome! Again, thank you so much for coming on uh, talking Pokemon. That was super enjoyable. Uh, I look forward to seeing more success and more um, crazy deck lists that are perfect medicals for that specific time, uh, frame. And, uh, definitely there's a lot to learn from you and watching, uh, following you on Twitter and just kind of, uh, you know, watching your career go. So again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely try to have you on again. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. All right. That was going to do it. See you guys. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, if as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Pinux1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWhimsy and Ryan at ry for gaming You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokeyPod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later.